Hi, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet. Today's interview is with John Clark of the Private Practice Workshop, as well as Unconditional Media. Those are two of his companies. So we talk some about his experiences with that and his experiences working with clients. He still works with clients in his private practice in North Carolina. And then also how he uses those skills in his work with clinicians growing their own private practices. So the conversation varies quite a bit. We talk about quite a few different topics like stuttering and the difference between meditation and hypnosis and some of his experiences with that. After the interview ended, John offered a discount code to my listeners for his new company. So make sure you listen to the end of the interview to get that discount code. I think he's offering a really good product here. So make sure you grab that if you're interested. All right, let's jump in. Hi, John. Welcome to Hypnotize Me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Let's jump in with the question that I ask most of my guests, which is what was your first personal experience with hypnosis? Yeah, it's a, it's a sentimental one. Um, <laughs> when I was an undergraduate uh, studying psychology, I, I went to school in Virginia at a public university called James Madison University. And um, there was a professor who was... Um, uh, kind of toward the end of his career, but he had had a long career doing psychotherapy as well. And um, he was kind of an eccentric dude. He was kind of out there. He had a ponytail and um, wore a lot of strange jewelry and was just, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was just a real character. So mm-hmm. he was also like the perfect person to um, be talking about hypnosis and talking about yeah. techniques that for some people are kind of out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to uh, like a, a special workshop with him or something, and he talked in depth about how he received hypnosis when he was a child because his stutter was so bad. Oh. Um, when he would speak, uh, when he, he was learning to speak, um, he would be in the middle of a sentence or trying to pronounce a word, and his father would interrupt him or do something like say, uh, 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 in the, in the middle of him trying to speak. I don't know why a father would do that, but he did. And yeah. <laughs> he created a really, uh, you know, troubling pattern of uh, a speech impediment, basically, and stuttering that mm. um, that progressed all the way through, I think, you know, his early adulthood. Um, and he So he told his story about that. And um, even hearing the story was very hypnotic. Um, and of course, he had um, an amazing and has an amazing uh, voice for hypnosis as well. So everything about the story and the way he told it um, and the words he used was just um, put me into my own uh, trance. And that's that's how I first took interest in it. Interesting. So he had hypnosis then as an adult for the stuttering or as a he, child? As I think both when he was a child both. and okay. when he was an adult. And then, um, and then he started using clinical hypnosis for his work as well. But uh, yeah, I think it wasn't until like maybe later childhood that he was – successfully treated after attempts with a lot of other methods to treat the, uh, the stuttering and the speech impediment. So, so I had a, my youngest stuttered like between the ages, she was really little, um, right around like four or five, she developed this stutter where she, she couldn't get a word out. There's different types of stuttering and we had to slow 
our speech down. Like sure. <laughs> we used to speak like very quickly in our family. And but a lot of her treatment was actually how I spoke, right? And how yeah. my my ex husband sure. spoke. And we sure. had to develop this pattern of speaking to her very slowly yeah. like this right without like so interesting and yeah and our whole family dynamic had to change in terms because she has a sister so it had to change in terms of allowing people to speak without interrupting them like all of these things had to happen so it did go away with speech therapy for her but there was just a discussion in one of my hypnosis groups online about hypnosis for stuttering so that is fascinating that was your first exposure to like someone who was professionally doing hypnosis. And then you went on to study it. How did that happen? Uh, there was a, a long period of kind of self-study between then and actually getting trained clinically because um, I, of course, couldn't do it legally until I had gotten trained or until I had um, gone to graduate school. So mm-hmm. um I became kind of obsessed with it, to be honest. I, uh-huh. I there, at the time, there was nothing more interesting to me. And out of everything I was studying in psychology, um, I was just kind of intoxicated by it. I thought the idea was incredible, and I saw, I saw the that hypnosis had um, such a rich history, and also um, had been has been a technique used in various forms for a long, long time, and also is, I think commonly kind of uh, either discredited or not credited at all with having been around for a really long time. So um, I did my own self-study and I read some, even I went to Barnes and Noble, I think, and got some really probably non-clinical or non, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, (laughs) non-empirical books about like self-help books on doing hypnosis and doing uh, self-hypnosis as well. And so I started by, um, at that point, making tapes for myself, whether it was just reading a script from a book or then I created my own script. So I, I just got really nerded out on it and <laughs> got into it on my own for probably that next year and a half until um, I would actually get trained in graduate school to, to use it um, clinically. Um, and even even before then, I did and in, in eventually go and receive some uh, some hypnosis from that same professor who had a private practice in the town. So that was my first kind of receiving from a from a professional doing hypnosis, which was huge, which was a huge deal and was very powerful. And um, it it became a real part of my life at that point. Interesting. So that experience with getting it yourself, it sounds like really cemented it for you like this is a really powerful technique it did right and i think for me the same kind of applies for any clinical tool that i use right if i'm going to offer it to clients i really need to know what it feels like to to be in the be on the couch right Um, that's something i really believe in and just to be able to describe it um, to clients even i consider it a part of my training very much so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Like one of the biggest influences on how I practice has been my own therapist and how she works with me. So yeah. in my own experience with hypnosis in terms of that part of my practice as well. So absolutely. I, I agree with you there. And particularly in not just describing to clients what it's like and knowing that I've been there and all of that, but it's like all the pieces coming together. I saw on your yeah. website that you 
often use it in combination with CBT and in particular mm -hmm. for anxiety. Can you talk yeah. about that some? Sure. I'll kind of answer that by also talking about kind of my first uses of the method. Again, I, I started off by making a lot of tapes for myself. And I think that's how I learned, right, is I would make them, some of them would work well, some of them would not work so well. Mm -hmm. And then I would even, um, whether or not this is legal or ethical, I would make them for friends. So I would have <laughs> friends who were really interested in it. And I would even barter that skill with others. Uh -huh. um, there was a guy where I wanted to learn uh, music theory for guitar. Mm -hmm. And so he was really interested in hypnosis. And who's not really like people yeah. have questions, even if they're not interested in receiving it. They're like, what, what's that all about? That's true. So mm -hmm. We did some uh, bartering where he would come over and teach me music theory for an hour, and then I would do hypnosis with him for an hour. So, um, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're when you're poor and your friends are multi talented, you you leverage that. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh -huh. I'm always offering it to friends. I'm like, you know, we can do hypnosis for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Let just, me help you, you know, out real, there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The first clinical application um, for me was when I was, you know, an intern in graduate school, my first semester of clinical work, where at the free clinic where we worked, there was a woman who had um, a pretty, pre pretty severe phobia of, of throwing up. Mm -hmm. um, so I was, I was taking a hypnosis course at that point and had a mentor and um, was already kind of pushing the limits of what an intern should be doing, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but was able to get him to supervise me to, to do the hypnosis in this setting and um, was able to treat this, this young lady successfully um, all the way through that phobia in just a few sessions. I think it was two or three sessions at the very most. Wow. Um, so that that was that was a big deal for me and seeing its efficacy and seeing that a bunch of other treatments had actually not worked for her. Yeah, because often the fear of vomiting, and I'm familiar with it because I'm also an anxiety specialist myself and phobias will come in and and sometimes it slides into OCD anyway, yeah. all, all of that. And yeah. generally fear of vomiting is a, a much longer treatment than two to three sure. sessions. You sure. know, when you're talking about a traditional CBT and exposure and, you know, all yeah. of that kind of protocol. And I, yeah. I want to define for my listeners, CBT is cognitive behavior therapy. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's probably the most common treatment for anxiety disorders. And like John, I use it in combination in my practice with hypnosis. Mm -hmm. So that was one of your first clinical experiences with it, yeah. with doing hypnosis. And then, and then what happened? Well, I think, um, you know, and, Originally, I was trained very psychodynamically, um, working interpersonally, using a lot of kind of process comments in terms of what's happening between the therapist and the client and how do we use that um, to um, use what's called immediacies. Um, so what's happening in the immediate moment and what feelings is that bringing up for counselor and client? Mm -hmm. um, I started to kind of train myself again in CBT this time when I when I finished graduate school because I felt like uh, I was really lacking in that area. I really did. I really wanted those tools. So I use um, CBT a great deal just in general, but also in conjunction with hypnosis because 
I do want to know, for instance, like with that, the young lady with the fear of vomiting, um, her what ifs, I want to know the thoughts that are kind of tangled up in this fear. So usually there's mm-hmm. some chain of kind of what ifs. So for her, it might be, well, what if I throw up? And then I might say, okay, so what would that mean? Or what would happen next if you, if you were to throw up or, or how would you handle that? Well, I'd throw up and I'd be, I'd be embarrassed I'd be humiliated. Okay. And then how would you deal with that embarrassment or that humiliation um and you know kind of going down the the chain of the the fear in that way so i think a lot of times before doing hypnosis i like to just know what what's going on what are the the cognitions that are kind of keeping this fear going and making it feel so insurmountable even if you do nothing other than identify them Mm -hmm. i think it's great to just kind of illuminate them and have them there and then also if you want to take that information and even jot it down and use it in in hypnosis, then that's a great use of that information in addition to the other kind of more more classic CBT ways of challenging cognitions and doing what's called cognitive restructuring and stuff like that. So I just think it's always good to figure out what does the person believe, you know, about this fear or about their own abilities to deal with this thing that's really troubling them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of drawing that out no matter what kind of clinical work I'm doing. Yes. Like that, I think that's one of the most fun parts of CBT actually is that rabbit hole is like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. is asking, all right, what are the thoughts? And if that happens, then what? And then yeah. what? And then what? And then what? And then you really right. do get to, the fears, the motivations of someone, like what is going to motivate them then towards yeah. change that can absolutely go into a hypnosis file in terms of making that change on a different level. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you there. The It's not just a process of someone coming in and I, I say this a lot on the podcast that you don't just come in and lay down on the couch and boom, you're fixed. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like we have to talk about what's going on for you and what are the thoughts, what are the cognitions, what are the motivations so that sure. that hypnosis is really effective for you. Yep. So then That's right. you said you really got into CBT at that point. I know you trained with Aaron Beck, who's mm-hmm. pretty much a one of the fathers <laughs> of the field, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. At that point. And then you came back to use the combination. Mm-hmm. When you were training with him, was there discussion about hypnosis involved in that? Or was it purely like, no, this is uh, CBT and that's it? <laughs> it's, it was the latter. The it latter. was, okay. um, I think people would probably be either confused or want some of their money back because they people had come <laughs> to this training from all over the world to get nothing but CBT, you know, okay. for, for four days or whatever it was. So, um, it's interesting, but if I could go back, I probably would have tried to ask, uh, Aaron Beck about, about hypnosis. I don't, it's not something that he necessarily uses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, be, yeah, because he's such a pioneer of the industry that he certainly has used it at some point, I bet, or has studied it or studied Erickson or someone like that along the way. I mean, I think that's the fun part of of just training in different modalities and figuring out how do I want to integrate them. What are the things that I'm that I always have in my back pocket versus what are the things that I seldom use? I think we've all kind of like been to a training or done something where it's like, oh, that was interesting, and then years later, it's like you've never kind of used it. Yeah, so that, definitely. That, yeah, that happens. Um, I think 
uh, you know, hypnosis at the very minimum can be really powerful in getting people to relax and let go. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm also, my clients will, will hear me say something like this, but I really see hypnosis, mindfulness, guided imagery, meditation, um, in the same family of techniques. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what, what makes hypnosis hypnosis is, largely the the insertion of of a suggestion um i think you know but the the state and even the state of the brain when they're doing brain scans um for these different techniques it looks very very similar right the brain is in this beta wave state and um again i can get on my own soapbox about how you know mindfulness is very in vogue right now Mm -hmm. and i think again hypnosis uh, can be kind of forgotten or we can forget to acknowledge the deep roots it has in our field and how, um, it's, it's benign. It's, it's, it's nothing scary to, um, to kind of be afraid of, but also is just so, um, yeah, it just has, has some really deep roots in, in what we do. Yeah. Yeah, And it's so useful on a practical basis. I think people don't often get that about it, yeah. that it is very similar to mindfulness. It is it is similar to meditation. It's, it's a little bit different, which I have an episode. I'll put that in the show notes somewhere. What are the differences between meditation and hypnosis? Oh, that's great. Yeah. But they're both very useful and hypnosis yeah. can be useful on a daily basis if somebody wanted mm-hmm. it to be just like meditation. So, I know you do a lot of practice consulting for other mm-hmm. psychologists and licensed counselors in practice. Mm-hmm. How do you use the clinical skills that you have in guiding them? Yeah, I would say the coaching I do with therapists um, around developing their business is maybe 50% technical, like I need to know how to build a website or do Google AdWords or SEO or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or develop a business plan. Um, But I think the other half is absolutely the emotional part and kind of the personal part where I think we have to overcome these barriers within ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's a number of therapists that I end up working with where it's kind of like with, with our clinical work, a client will come in and say, my problem is X, and you'll start and you'll try to work on X and then you'll realize and maybe you'll both realize it's it's Y, it's something else mm-hmm. um, or it's in large part something else. And we have to kind of look at that part before we can go back to X. And that's the case a lot of times with therapists where we have to look at, OK, do you believe you can do this in the first place? Have you actually um visualize being successful in private practice when you visualize let's say having uh, fielding a phone call with a new client what does that bring up for you right how do you imagine that going how do you see yourself mm-hmm. do you see yourself as confident reassuring you know booking that appointment getting that getting that person in for let's say your full fee if that's if that's important to you mm-hmm. um, or do you are you nervous and does that convey to the client or the potential client in that phone call so there's a lot of work that we do just to untangle all of that stuff and go, all right, before we move forward with any of the technical stuff, let's make sure that you really see this thing going well and kind of see it in your mind's eye, whether it's something like a phone call with a client that maybe is, is tripping you up or even the big picture of like, do I believe I can or deserve to be in private practice? 
mm-hmm. you know, or, or to make X amount of dollars. That's, you know, we do talk about income a lot and trying to hit different goals that will afford you the, the lifestyle you want. Um, cause I think that's what private practice is really all about, but we sometimes lose sight of that. So there's a lot of that kind of looking inward work that we do. And sometimes it surprises therapists that, that we end up having to do that because, you know, we, you know, they think we're just, we're just doing business coaching, but it's so important to kind of clear some of those blocks before uh, moving forward. Yes. So you're working on the deeper beliefs that sometimes people aren't always aware of. And then also the practical side of, all right, here's the deeper beliefs. Now, how do we clear them and move forward with this and, and set our goals, income goals, practice goals, service goals. You know, I know there's a a big piece of service for, I I don't think I've met a therapist for service isn't a big piece, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, how do you balance that with having to support yourself and support your family and your kids and all of that? Sure. Do you use hypnosis sometimes as a piece of that? Like, would you, or would you see that as useful? Like, hey, you know, there, there's. I think it's extremely useful. I, I, I wouldn't say that I use it explicitly, but it's really common for me when I'm working with a therapist. And let's say they come in and they're really frenzied. There's a lot going on. There's billing issues. There's staffing issues. My marketing's not working. And we just, it's, we're human and we get frazzled. Mm-hmm. I, I might not call it hypnosis, but I might do something like, okay, so there's all this going on. And I might reflect back, these are, what I, these are the issues. It all feels like a big emergency right now. So I want you to just stop. I want you to put down your pen. I want you to t- take a deep breath. And I want you to just notice your breath and kind of start there. Mm-hmm. And I'll change my voice and I'll really slow it down and I'll kind of use my hypnosis voice or some version of it again without really saying, oh, let's do you know, 90, yeah. 90 seconds of hypnosis <laughs> right. and I'll just slow it all down and I'll kind of modulate what's going on in them by using my voice, mm-hmm. by slowing down, mm-hmm. by just noticing the breath you know, and just kind of pacing people like that. And, you know, and if you want to let the eyes gently close, let them close. And then you might let the shoulders go, you know, just, just little stuff like that. Yes. To let it all settle down. Right. And sometimes that's enough to go, all right. And as you come back out of this, I want you just to, to be able to look at what's important right now. Mm-hmm. And they, and it might just float to the surface, right? They might go, okay, I need to take this weekend off. Or it might, you know, again, it might be something that it's, it's less conscious, it's more deeper level. But if you, if you really slow down, sometimes those answers can come to you, right? It's all, it's all about the power of the unconscious. And a lot of times therapists, they know what to do. They know even what they're not doing. They just haven't done it yet. And something's getting in the way or they're getting frenzied in their, this, their conscious mind and just kind of, you know, um, being being too spread thin by a lot. So when you really slow down, your unconscious can can really give you the answer a lot of times. And then what I do is just affirm that. So it's like, okay, so after slowing down in this moment, you realize I need to take this weekend off. Or I need to spend, you know, Saturday with my family. That's a big deal. Right. Yeah. And then I, I just like for people to work when we're working together, I want you to be calm. I want you to be as calm as you can so that you can think clearly, so that you can think sharply and and not be in this kind of panic mode and in this other the kind of fear part of your brain so i really use it to regulate people 
Mm, and and so again, the like, voice is the biggest tool for that. Y- yes. And I'm, I'm hearing it's, it's a regulating, it's centering them, and then it's guiding. That's so, right. So it's both of those yep. pieces that come forth for yeah. you. Well, I know you've launched another business as well recently. You're a very busy man. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know. I need to slow down more myself. I need someone else Can using you? their hypnosis their voice yeah. with me. <laughs> right. Um, we're, we're near the end of the interview, but I wanted to make sure that you have an opportunity to talk about that one as well. Yeah, thanks. So through my coaching, I realized, you know, over these years that on one hand, sure, some therapists, they want to learn the technical stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, going back, the biggest ones are Google AdWords and SEO or search engine optimization. So how high your website ranks on Google. But in large part, therapists just want someone to do it for them. But we get priced out by bigger marketing agencies and we don't know who to trust. Mm -hmm. So I created a separate company called Unconditional Media of digital marketing specialists who do this stuff for therapists day in and day out. And and they already knew how to work with these platforms. And this Mm -hmm. is the stuff that they eat, sleep, and breathe just like we do with, with therapy. And so, um, yeah, this team will, will work with you to basically boost your online presence and do all the digital stuff that most of us don't know how to do. And why would we, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just love doing it, right? It's a nice compliment to, again, the kind of personal work and the growth work and the coaching that I do. And also saying, okay, if you want to just hand this stuff off and be relieved to, to be able to hand it off rather than taking six months to learn it yourself, mm-hmm. or we could do it this, you know, on Thursday in six hours. We're just giving therapists that option now. So we love working with therapists. They have a great team. Um, you can check it out, www.unconditional.media. There's no .com. So just unconditional.media. Okay. And yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I I love helping therapists. Yeah, it's interesting. I had a product at one point called SEO in 30 minutes because I could teach anyone to do SEO in about 30 minutes was the, mm-hmm. <laughs> was a thing. Like I had taught people to do it, but what I found uh-huh. is that they didn't want to do it. Like they didn't yeah, even want to do the 30 minutes that it takes. I mean, really, you know, my theory was that it, it takes about 30 minutes a week to really reach the sure. one spot of Google. And that had been my personal experience with several different companies and sure. friends. But it's like, no, they didn't want to even do that part of it, it was easier for them to hand off. And yeah. and I think part of that too is a growth process for people saying, okay, I don't have to do everything myself. It's okay to yeah. not want to do that. Like it's okay to pay somebody to do that piece and not have yeah, to worry about right. it. Like not even that's have right. to think about on Fridays, I have to do this blogging or whatever it is that they choose to do, the posting and all of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So I had a very similar experience in terms of people wanting to hand that piece off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It's not for everyone. It's it's some people. Yeah. It's great if you want to learn it, if you enjoy that Mm -hmm. stuff. But for, I think most therapists, it just drains you. It's just overwhelming. And I I totally get that. Yeah, that's true. For me, it's more like a game. Like, yeah, well, that's good. That's a good way to see it. I came more from, <laughs> you know, I had a whole other company that I marketed, and it was always a game to me to hold that number one spot on Google and, you know, all the different techniques for it. And it's like, how can I beat Google? But, um, but a lot of people don't feel that way about it. <laughs> you know, it's just a drain on them, right? Yeah. So, what? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> can you? 
sharing. <laughs> Can you tell the listeners? I love that, seeing it as a game. Yeah, right. it's totally a game, right? <laughs> so, so many other games I'd rather play. Yeah, right. <laughs> For a lot of people, that's true. Yeah, like they don't want to play that particular game. Yeah. <laughs> They'd rather go play Monopoly right, with their kids, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you tell people your other website as well? The one, your private practice consulting. And I'll be sure to put all of these in the show notes as well. That'd be great. Awesome. Yeah. So my, my consulting work is at privatepracticeworkshop.com. Um, and yeah, I've got online courses and coaching, masterminds groups, and my own podcast there. So um, it's it's all about you know, being better business owners and running a more efficient business. And again, clearing those um, kind of personal blocks so that you can really, really succeed. So yeah, that's Wonderful. that's where you can find me. And that's an easy way to get in touch. Great. And I do want to tell the listeners that you have a wonderful podcast that has this very like grounded, laid back vibe to it. That's a different than, you know, a lot of business podcasts are they feel more high energy even, sure. <laughs> you know, that whole yeah. sort of yeah. business vibe, quote unquote, but yours feels like grounded, practical. It's a really nice podcast. So thank you so much. Appreciate yeah. that a lot. Give that a listen if you're interested in that. So thank yeah. you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. with John Clark. I really loved hearing about how he uses his training in terms of working not just with clients, but with other psychologists, therapists, counselors, wanting to grow their private practices and accessing some of the blocks that happen there. I, I think everyone pretty much agrees that there are some absolute advantages to being self-employed when you're running a private practice as well as some disadvantages. And I see that he really comes from a place of service for people and trying to help them figure out like, where are the blocks here? Where do you need to focus? What do you need to do to really be of service to people? And I also loved hearing about his new product. I'm such a like geek around SEO and Google. I just followed that field for a really long time. So it's always interesting to me when people come up with uh, good services in terms of that, like how do we help people be more efficient and not have to do all of that if they're really not interested. He is offering $50 off a Google AdWords or SEO package from his new company, Unconditional Media. And all you have to do is just reference this episode. This is episode 54 when you contact him about his services. So I'm happy for all my listeners to get that benefit. Also, before I go, I want to let you know the episode that I was talking about, the differences between hypnosis and meditation, is episode 28. It's a little mini episode. It's not long. It's about five minutes or so. But it really talks about the differences there in more depth if you're interested in that. I also want to say that if you really love the podcast, 
please give it a rating and review on iTunes or whatever player you're on. I know I say that in the outro, but I just want to say it personally here. I also absolutely love hearing what you want to see in an upcoming episode. Maybe you have a question about hypnosis. Please email me and let me know that, or let me know how an episode affected your life. I love getting those emails. I love hearing that the podcast makes a difference for people. You can email me at drliz at drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z at D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. All right, people, have a wonderful week. Peace. If you like this episode, do me a favor and rate, review, and subscribe on whatever player you like, or even better, tell a friend so that more and more people learn about hypnosis and how it can be helpful for them. If you want to know more about me, head over to drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z, hypnosis.com. You can see the downloads and see if there's one that's helpful for your life. Or you could also join the newsletter and get a couple of free files, as well as lots of good content. I've written a newsletter for well over 10 years. Go ahead and subscribe and join the rest of the world. All right, people, have a wonderful week.